Tokyo Dome, and it's Hanakimura. And for one minute, mm -hmm. we're going to tell you a word, and you say the first thing that you think of. Bobby Tyler. Cute. Hanakimura. Oh my god, Godness. <laughs> Wrestling. Juan. Konami. Cool. Jungle Kiona. Powerful. Oedotai. Stupid. Stars. Whore. <laughs> Queen's Quest. No. No comment. Dropkick. My dropkick? Number one. Kyoko Kimura. Crazy. Rossi Ogawa. Difficult. <laughs> Flower. Beautiful. Kagetsu. Rosa. Mayu Iwatani. Sick. America. America? I love. Love, love, love. Japan. Love. Stardom World. Good, I like it. Mm. <laughs> Osake. Osake? Sometimes I like, but sometimes I don't like. Tokyo Cyber Squad. Tokyo Cyber Squad is number one. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Welcome. This is New Taku, where we talk things anime and manga. We're not experts or gatekeepers. We're just fans trying to share our love with you. Feel free to interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at NewTakuCast, or email us questions and requests at NewTaku2019 at gmail.com. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple and Google Pod Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And please subscribe and share. My name is Jim. And my name is Frank. Frank, we're going to start with the bad news. We're going to go into this. Uh, we're going to try to liven it up afterwards. But there's some things we should probably talk about. Uh, the world lost two great and beautiful people over the last week. It's terrible news. Let's start with the first one. It relates directly to anime. Zach Birchie. He was the executive editor of the Anime News Network. He passed away in his apartment on May 21st of 2020. He was the host of the Ancast, which I've listened to for years now. Frank, did you ever listen to Ancast? I have listened to a couple episodes here and there. He was the first person I've ever heard. I've listened to it for years, and he's the first person I ever heard to call out like the sometimes shitty queer representation in anime, which was rare at the time. I enjoyed his opinions, even though I sometimes disagree with them, but no one could question his knowledge and authority on anime and manga, and he definitely held a place in my heart for someone that could be trusted upon for their opinion. I took his opinion very highly when I listened to him. So he will be missed. And Frank, we have talked about my love of pro wrestling, in particular my love of women's professional wrestling. I first fell in love with it in the tape trader days of the early 90s when Manami Toyota, you should go check her out. First time I ever saw her do a bridge, I was like, this is for me. This is amazing. 
if you want to see modern examples of what it makes women's wrestling very good, in my opinion, better than anything else in the world, go watch Mayu Iwatani or uh, go watch her do a German suplex. You'll be blown away by the, the ability of these women. It almost looks more convincing if you want to look at it from a fighting aspect. Of course, none of it is real. But to look at it from a fighting aspect, women's wrestling just seems more convincing. And one of my favorite performers passed away at 20, 22 years old. Her name was Hana Kimura. Uh, quick timeline leading up to her passing. In December of 2019, gaming giant Bushi Road, who owned New Japan Pro Wrestling, purchased the company she was contracted to, World Wonder Ring Stardom. She was one of the young stars seemingly pushed as the new face of the company. And she was featured in the first ever performance of, at women's performance at New Japan's big yearly show, the January 5th event, Wrestle Kingdom. She was also cast in January, I believe, in the newest season of the reality show Terrace House. Frank, have you ever watched Terrace House? I have. I have seen a handful of episodes. It is a very tame reality TV show, especially compared to kind of the U.S. equivalents that we have, like um, Jersey Shore. Did you did you manage to catch her on any of them? I think she was in the latest episodes. Uh, I did not catch her. I've seen kind of just I always it's a show that I always kind of start up and then uh, just kind of fades away after a couple episodes. But I haven't seen the latest one now. All right, I am not a fan of reality TV. I haven't watched reality TV. I couldn't tell you anything about modern reality TV. This show had been recommended to me just because it was based in Japan. But I never watched a single episode of it. I have seen clips with Hana in it. But we often talk about shitty fan bases, Frank. Wrestling is one of them. Some anime fans can be shitty. It seems like anime has a very uplifting community, but there's some shitty anime anime fans out there. Star Wars is one that I land based on a regular basis. And now, after researching this horrible incident, I learned about another one. Reality TV fans, Frank. Reality TV fans. I didn't... Uh, okay. I, I, <laughs> I understand, like, the fans of reality TV, but not necessarily, like, to the point of openly discussing things. It seems like an interesting thing to be uh, kind of a fan of in the scope that we think of, like, a Star Wars or an anime. You know what I mean? Right. As I'm not exposed to these shows, I don't know the fan bases. I know that... You know, there's reality TV in the United States. It's reality TV all over the world where different people are put in situations and they're to perform. It's a performance. It's reality TV. It's not real. We've talked about the mentality of a person taking a scripted television show or movie and getting so angry that they start to threaten and attack the performers. It's an inexcusable act. Performance or performers are playing a character. They are not real. You cannot, you can, it makes you a fucking asshole to attack people because the performance they do upsets you. And apparently Kimura, who was portrayed as a heel often in professional wrestling, as much as there are heels in stardom, everybody is portrayed as an idol. We'll get to that in a second. If you're unfamiliar with idol culture in Japan, we'll get there. But as a, she often perf performed as a heel in pro wrestling, and she did something on this, let's be real, these shows are scripted. Moderately, maybe, but they are still scripted. She did something on this reality show that rubbed fans the wrong way. 
So they started to attack her online. Now, I do not want to speculate. So I'm just going to talk about stuff. There's been lots of speculation of what happened to this girl. I'm just going to talk about things that we have facts for. She posted photos on social media in the past where you could see scars reminiscent of self-harm on her arms. Before the incident happened, she posted some more images of self-harm on the night of the incident, which she deleted. She then posted some images of her kitten, saying she received about 100 messages a day in the negative negative messages. 100 messages. Imagine people saying they hate you 100 times a day. And she wanted just wanted to be loved, and she gave a goodbye. Kimura was found dead in her apartment, and there has been no official cause of death announced. The assumption is suicide. Now, Japan, it was in isolation. We're in isolation now. I'm assuming Kimura lived alone. She was 22 years old. 22 fucking years old. Two years older than my daughter. You and I are lucky. I have a wife. You have a roommate. I'm bored and lonely now. I could not imagine going through this alone, Frank Buck. Yeah, I'm definitely right there with you. Like, as somebody I don't do, I live by myself, and I know that I do not do well by myself. I can't, I could not imagine the situation that we're in currently and being, being, uh, you know, just going through it with yourself. It, it's got to be hard, because at least, you know, both me and you, when push comes to shove, we have somebody to kind of, uh, bounce off of, you know? Um, I, it's, and then, to have something like this where you're having people that you don't even know or people you do know attack you for something is just absolutely, it's a shame. It's disgusting, really. And I mentioned the cyberbullying. The culture of cyberbullying, it's not going to change. I mean, an example for me is I run a business. I get Yelp reviews. Yelp reviews are silly. We make fun of them all the time. I'll tell you, from personal experience... I ignore all the good ones and only focus on the bad ones. Now, even if the majority of them are positive, imagine, you know, the 1% of the shitty ones still garner the most attention. And I'm older. I couldn't imagine going through this in my 20s, my young 20s. Well, basically, say a teenager. She's just out of being a teenager. In a sequestered society, meaning not Japan, meaning Pro wrestling, pro wrestling is like almost like a carnival culture where you, start, where you work and live together and travel together and everything like that. So you're almost like sheltered and getting, you're focusing on, on these negative messages at such a young age. We do have a case in the United States where a girl was held criminally accountable for talking her ex-boyfriend into committing suicide through Facebook. Now, there are examples on her timeline, which her mother, who was also a professional wrestler, responded to a couple of times there's a specific person who would almost daily tell her to kill tell Hanukkah to kill herself. There has to be some kind of action done, I would imagine, by the Japanese government. Something has to be done, at least by local jurisdiction in Tokyo. Also, I lay out here, like, it's not only cyberbullying. This is like a culture issue when it comes to idol culture and business in Japan. Like, what responsibility lies on these companies? And what responsibility lies in the idol culture? She was 22. She may have had a history of emotional issues. She was placed in a situation of great pressure. She was one of the faces, the female faces of a media conglomerate in Bushi Road. Did these companies try to provide counseling or guidance? 
They have no problem cashing in and sexualizing girls that are from 16 to 20 like it's no big deal. Can't they provide advice and counsel to young people on how to and not use social media? It's a horrible situation. This girl had a great future, and she's gone. It is our modern human responsibility to make the world better. Be better, people. Do better. If you got nothing to do to say, then shut the fuck up. I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah. you definitely don't have to say anything negative to people in general. I mean, I can't even fathom as somebody who mainly focuses on the negative more than the positive if you are a listener or you know you have somebody say something maybe offhandedly that you uh they don't mean or maybe they do mean that you take in a very personal way to imagine that that only happens to most people probably once in a while but when you're on kind of center stage like you're talking about this idol culture and then you have all these random people time and time again saying all this negative stuff like i i can't even fathom what that does to a person uh it really is a shame i i just don't really see the need i I don't know i don't like talking to people a lot i don't understand why you would then use such a thing to do such a negative thing why would you do it i i don't know it's i can't even i can't even it doesn't even make sense to me jim a shame it is a shame you know and there's talk now that perhaps social media uh websites should provide a filter the filter being before you post something they ask you you know one of the things about one of the things about social media is that they try to provide a freedom of speech aspect to things and it's helped a lot it's helped in the hong kong uh, protest in china it helps a lot in areas where maybe freedom of speech isn't available. But there's talk to maybe institute Twitter in particular, because Twitter is a cesspool, to, to maybe put a filter that asks you before you post. Your comments could cause someone harm. You know, negative comments could cause someone harm. Do you Are you sure you want to post this? And maybe that small filter would give someone that split second to say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do this. Even if it's, we take that 1% of the shitty members of society that feel they have to put their negativity on people, maybe if it halves that, it'll help. It's an interesting concept, Frank. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't see why why they wouldn't do it, because to your point, even if it just kind of halts a fraction of people, I think that would be very beneficial even if it, it doesn't come about and that's not a thing that, you know, the social media companies put in front of you, I think you as an individual should definitely take the time out if you're typing something, especially something negative, but in general, and, you know, take a moment and realize that you are talking to a human being, even if you've never really met them, you know, in this case with idols and, and things like that, and just think to yourself, you know, whoa, would I like this if, if I received this sort of criticism in this way or this type of comment or something? And just kind of put yourself in that person's shoes. Because I think a lot of times if people were to do that, uh, I mean, I, I think the, the world would be a slightly better place. I would hope, anyway. Gambate, do better, everyone. Be, do your best. Don't be a shitty person. All right, let's let's clean the slate. I was worried I was going to cry. I Aww. cried all weekend over this. I got rid of it. Didn't happen. 
Rest in peace, Hanakamura. Rest in peace, Zach Burchie. Frank, let's go positive. How was your week besides the suicide and death? All right, let's go positive. Uh, I talked about it last week, and I've continued to watch Kim's Convenience on Netflix to the point where I have almost binged the entire season, the or series. There's four seasons. Uh, I think it's 12 episodes apiece. I don't really know why I really like this show. I just do. I think it's, like, very comforting TV and I've had this happen with like a couple other things in my life where I can kind of see where maybe I'm feeling a little bit down about things, you know, the recent news and things like that, stuff going on in the world, where you kind of turn to something like this. And it's just like very uh, comforting, feel-good kind of family comedy. I, I recommend it. Uh, I also started playing the video game Astral Chain on the Nintendo Switch. It's a 2019 action-adventure hack-and-slash Developed by Platinum Games, which is probably best known for Nier Autonoma and Bayonetta. So, we've talked about uh, at least one of those on the show before. I know that you were a big fan. Um, And quick review, I've only played like an hour of it. It's really fun. It's it's light. It has a very kind of... interesting storyline you're like a cop and they have these monsters that are attacking the city and you chain up the monsters and you use them as weapons and um it's it's cool it's very stylized it is like a hack and slash so so far the combat is is not crazy in depth but i think that there might be levels to it like i said i've only played like an hour or two but i'm enjoying what i played and uh, also completely random and hopefully upbeat, I discovered the Japanese candy Haichu, which I, I've never had before. I don't know if this is like a common candy and I just stumbled across it or what, but I found it at a 7-Eleven and decided to take a take a chance on it, and it's delicious. I don't know if you've ever had this, this candy, Jim, but it's just like a better Starburst, if you're familiar with Starburst candy. It's great. I'm unfamiliar with Starburst candy. Could you explain it, please? <laughs> no, I love Haichu. Haichu's delicious. It is pretty common, though. Sorry to burst. No, no, no. There's no bubble being burst. See, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like uh, it's it's a common thing that somehow I, I just never, I never experienced. I never tried it. And for whatever reason, the other day was the day where I just randomly tried a new candy and now I'm all about it. I'm all about that Haichu life. I actually was introduced to Haichu by a friend of mine a few years ago. She, I think she might listen. Her name's Jackie. She uh, she had them. She's of Korean descent. And uh, they're fucking delicious. I had like the watermelon one or some kind of melon. Oh my god, they're amazing. And chewy. They're, yeah, they're a better Starburst, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. If you like Starburst or if you just want some kind of fun homework assignment and you're listening to this... Go get Haichu. Uh, it's readily available, which I, I didn't even realize. It's one of those things where I guess I just started seeing them everywhere. You can get them at most convenience stores. Uh, my local sh- supermarket carries it. Um, and they come in like, well, they come in a bunch of different packages, but I think the most common is like a little gum sort of package. And it's like, you know, a dollar fifty. So a little something fun for, for people to do during this quarantine if, if you get a chance. They're, do- they're good. How's, how's your week been, Jim? It'd be amazing if the 7-Elevens here, because you got it at 7-Eleven, turned into the 7-Elevens in Japan, because 7-Elevens in Japan are chef's kiss, baby. Oh, my God. So I got breakfast there every day. 
They're amazing, those places. When you go to Japan, Frank, and you will, make sure you go to a 7-Eleven because you are going to be blown away by how awesome those places are. Yeah, it's at the top of my list because right. I feel like uh, especially all the food here uh, for our 7-Elevens are just very sad and depressing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they carry those. They carry the vegan um, kosher, I believe they're kosher vegan, like, chicken salad wraps at the 7-Elevens United States, which are a local uh, brand. I don't remember what they're called. And they're pretty good, but everything else is just, like, gross. I'm not a big fan. But Japan, they're amazing. Frank, have you continued playing Tropico 6? Because I got it. Yes, I, I have continued to play it a little off and on here. I'm actually really interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, first of all, um, I was having a horrible time trying to get started. I was constantly being overthrown, and it took me forever to figure out the how-to-make-money system. And... Uh, uh, the first day I downloaded it, I played for eight hours until six o'clock in the morning. So you said it was like Civilization, and I would mentioned last week that I used to play Civilization, and I'd be like, whoa, the sun's up. Well, that happened to me. It fucked me all up because I was, like, drinking the night before. I started playing. I had to say to myself, well, i got to stop drinking if I'm going to stay up all night and play this because I had to drive my wife to work. So I stopped drinking around 2 in the morning. She had to be in work at 8. So I had six hours of staying up, sobering up, and drinking water. And I drove over to work, and then I went to bed, and then I got up and played some more. But I didn't realize that I could cheat, and I could go in and give myself unlimited money, make everybody friendly, and now I'm just building all over the fucking place, man. As long as I don't get voted out, I can play for hours. <laughs> I played until the year 20. 2015 the other day. I just want to point out that uh, I had kind of known that this had happened because Jim had texted me um, pretty late, uh, and I did. I woke up to it because I, I put I put my <laughs> like phone on mute, and the text I woke up to was, "This game sucks. I have no idea uh, how to play it. There's no tutorial, something to that effect." And then I texted him back, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I recommended a bad game to you." And you just responded with, I've been playing for eight hours. I go to bed now. Okay, bye. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing. Oh, hold on, I'll find it. <laughs> All, right. All right. Ready? And I quote, this is my message to you. This game fucking sucks. I have no idea what I am doing with absolutely no tutorial unless I miss it in the miasma of generic Caribbean music. 12, 12 17 a.m. on Tuesday. And then eight at eight forty a.m. I played for eight hours. Now I sleep. K bye. <laughs> <laughs> After you responded, yeah. dude, awesome. Well, <laughs> so yeah, I got hooked. But yes, they, I I legit was singing the song to it because the song the song is repetitive. It's fun though. It's like a, you know, it's a comedic take on 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 uh, civilization. And uh, no matter what I do, like one of the mistakes I made in the game. I can't believe we're going to talk for like 15 minutes on Tropico 6. But one of the mistakes I made in the game was that you have you basically have to build churches and stuff to keep people happy. And then the first chance I got, I was like, fuck these churches. Atheist state. So I started blowing up the churches. I was like, I'll blow the churches up and fucking build more houses for my people. Well, then I take a look. I started to get into like, you can look at the almanac and see your stats. And it was like, faith happiness was like at 10 and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to get voted out because nobody has churches. I thought it was an atheist state. But people were not happy that it was an atheist state, and I got voted out in, like, the year 2015. And I was like, fuck this, I'm starting over. <laughs> people want that religion, man. <laughs> yeah, they do. 
I ordered a bunch of paperbacks by Stephen King. I got inspired recently. I was thinking about, man, I got to read some books. And I was like, Stephen King is, you know, I, the only thing I ever finished from him was It. And I read some of his short stories. My mother loved reading horror. So she always read Stephen King. She ran like Anne Rice, all the stuff that moms in the 80s and 90s read. You know what I mean? Um, so I ordered five books from Stephen King. I ordered Misery, Salem's Lot, Carrie, The Shining, and the appropriate novel for the time, and probably is one of his biggest novels, The Stand. So I'm going to start cracking into The Stand today. You ever read any Stephen King? I have read uh, a little bit of it. His earlier stuff, I find, is really good. His later stuff is very iffy. I think you've got, like, a really good hodgepodge of, like, basically, I think, like, his, a lot of his, like, really good stuff. But the last thing I read of his was um, Under the Dome. Right. I heard somebody said that it was pretty good. It was very long, So that's long, the though. thing. Like, it is extremely long. Um, it is a door stopper. I think think it's like i want to say 1500 it's definitely over a thousand pages um right and i liked it up to a point and there's just certain like characters and storylines where once the book finishes you're just kind of like yeah it probably could have done without that and had been much shorter but that that's my biggest complaint with stephen king is that his later stuff is it just kind of continues to go on and on and on whereas his earlier works are a little more i guess tightened a little shorter I, I, I did, I'm sorry, I didn't mention that. I, I read The Gunslinger from The Dark Tower, and I also read his short stories, the Bachman novels, or Bachman books. I read those, too. But, uh, so I've read a bunch of his stuff. It's just that I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to crack into this stuff. Like, okay, I've got a vampire story. I've got a psychic story. I've got <laughs> a good versus evil uh, pandemic story. I've got... Uh, Misery, which is about a uh, uh, obsessive fan. Great. I just realized. Fuck. <laughs> I'll save that until I've come down from this Hanukkah Morris uh, thing. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to crack into them because I'm trying to do a little bit more uh, reading that it doesn't involve uh, animated panels. It's a good goal. It's it's good to be well-rounded, you know? Yeah. Frank, I finished season three of it's All tough. right, let's hear it. Let's get that. This is your Buffy right, corner of the week. All right, for listeners, if you haven't been listening, I started Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series, two weeks ago. I'm trying to do a season a week. It's going to be a little tough. Well, actually, four, uh, three weeks ago. I finished season three. Let me give a quick recap of season two's finale. So Angel is sent to hell, and Buffy runs away from home. Season three starts out with Buffy living in L.A. as a waitress in one of the worst-looking representations of Los Angeles I've ever seen on a screen. It's just like a studio lot with like bums and trash. It's so silly. But by the by the end of the episode, by the end of the I live in L.A. episode, she already comes home. Buffy, mom welcomes her back. She's in a can't get adjusted. Also, in what I think is too soon, Angel comes back from hell. He drops out of the sky. He's back. I feel like they should have stretched out his absence from the show. It was only like three episodes. It didn't even make it feel like he'd it, like like oh no, he's never going to come back. Like I always knew he was going to come back eventually. And then when they just drop him in after three episodes, it's like he could have stretched me out a little bit and surprised me. Also, Kendra died. Remember Kendra? I, I talked about. I Kendra. do remember Kendra. Yeah. 
And with her death, so did the show's diversity in season two. So we're introduced to Kendra's replacement, Faith, who's played by Elisa Dushku. You remember? You remember that girl? I do. She nah, not bigger. so much. She was like a bigger, I feel like, uh, of the times actress, where she was uh, '90s, a lot of a lot of '90s stuff. Yeah, she was in uh, the uh, the cheerleader movie. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> that cheerleader movie. She's in it. She's the brunette in the cheerleader movie. All right, so Faith shows up, and she is a terrible. She is the least cool, cool girl. She calls Buffy B. Hey, B, what's up, B? What's going on, B? And if she feels like she has a good relationship with someone, she says, we're five by five. You know, because that's square. We're square, Frank. It's very, it? It's very cool. See, that's like a cool thing, though. Now I want to be friends with her. I, you know what? I'm not going to use the word stop. She does. She rubs me the wrong way. All right. Uh, season three starts very badly, which I mentioned last week. But the show picks up with an episode where all the adults in town start acting like teenagers after eating candy during a candy drive. Uh, Willow and Xander make out in Spike's bedroom. And uh, Cordelia, uh, Xander's boy, uh, girlfriend, and Oz, Willow's boyfriend, the werewolf, catch them. So Cordelia is so pissed that she unknowingly makes a wish with the new girl, Anya, who is a demon of jilted female lovers. And the wish is that Buffy never comes to Sunnydale because Buffy caused all of this. This causes Cordelia to get transported into a mirror universe. And I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Mirror universe episodes are always my favorite. Where vampires now rule Sunnydale. The master's still alive. And we're introduced to one of my new favorite characters, Mirror Willow. (laughs) who wears a corset and loves to torture and kill, but she barely has any lines except for disappointment. She's amazing. Also, we get what I think has been the best episode of the series, and you're going to be surprised by this, Frank, maybe. It's called The Zeppo. Now, Cordelia points out that Xander is is the member of the vampire team that does nothing special. He has no powers. So we get parallel stories where the the vampire gang are trying to stop the Hellmouth from opening in the library. But most of the episode focuses on Xander driving around in an antique car with an undead gang. And Xander bangs Faith. Xander gets some serious comeuppance in the season. He's still a piece of shit. But that episode by far was like, the, I was, uh, I loved that episode. I thought it was great. And the season finale is ridiculous and fun and brought to get a good end to their high school years. Principal Snyder, who was a dick, also played by a lot. There's a lot of Seinfeld and, and Star Trek characters. Principal Snyder is played by the guy that played Quark on Star Trek Deep Space, Space Nine. Nerds out there that might know what I'm talking about. The suspension of disbelief that so many people die in the small town in high school is made into a pretty funny scene. And Angel leaves and goes to st- apparently to star on his own show. So, to top this off, my Buffy Season 3 power ranking. I'm excited. <laughs> top of the list, of course, Cordelia. I love Cordelia. There's an episode where Buffy is a psychic. She gets psychic powers from demon blood. And ever she can hear other people's thoughts. And Cordelia's thoughts are immediately what she's going to say because she has no filter. And it's amazing. Just the one scene. I was like, every scene she's in is a scene stealer. Giles gets a big comeuppance in this because he bangs Buffy's mom. And it's awesome. <laughs> wow. Pretty, pretty big jump up, I feel like. Yeah. 
Spike wasn't in the show much, but him moping over Drusilla dumping him was pretty funny. Fourth on my list is Evil Willow. She's awesome. Then I'll get with Willow, who's always a solid character, except she cheated on her boyfriend. Uh, the mayor, who was the big bad of the season, was pretty silly. Oz is like this calm, serious guy counter to his wild werewolf personality, and he has some of the best one-liners. Angel jumps all the way up. He is back in mopey as ever, but he had some pretty good one-liners. Now, Buffy, I don't know. Buffy, I, I don't know why I'm supposed to like Buffy. Now, she's preposterously selfish at times, right? And I get that she sacrifices a lot being the slayer and all. But she is such a Debbie Downer. Everybody's having fun. She goes, well, I guess I don't have a date. It's like, well, go the fuck home then, buff. <laughs> so then we get Wesley. So Wesley Wesley is a character that gets fired by the – Giles gets fired by the council, and I forget why. And Wesley is his replacement. But he's completely incompetent, and he lusts after 18-year-old Cordelia. So, you know what? Fuck him. Then we'll go with Xander, who is not the worst – character on this season he has the best episode where he stars in it he has lots of one-liners but he still says weird shit that just is dated by this friggin by this time you know like in 2020 it's some of the shit you say you're like ew god well why would you say that man fuck you but the worst person in season three is by far faith she sucks because she's her character's like her character's path sucks and she just is not convincing as cool at all. She sucks ass. I'm sorry. I, she rubs me the wrong way. I'm not going to say she sucks. So there you go. There's my uh, Buffy season three power rankings. I started season four. Uh, I might It might be a stretch to assume I'll be done by next week, but I'll try my best, Frank. I'm here for it. I, I'm, this is like one of the things I look forward to now is your power rankings for the for the characters. So Xander saw I'll bump up only because Faith came in and you did not like Faith at all. Oh, no, no, Faith is up. She's so bad. Hey, Buff, let's go out. Buff, you know, like, spank some dudes, Buff, you know what I mean? Because we're 5 by 5 B. What up, B? We're 5 by 5 B. I'm from Boston. <laughs> this is how people from Boston talk. I'm like, what is, what is this stupidity? I, I, yeah, it's, they're in college now in season four, and you warned me that the college seasons aren't great, but I've been enjoying it so far. I'm about three episodes in. All right, Frank, you want to move on to some news? Let's do it. So Japan has announced they've lifted the COVID-19 state of emergency. Let's get back to work, people, because I need cartoons. Yeah, I agree. I need my cartoons, and you know what? I also need a haircut. So let's get let's get to work, America. I need that haircut. Yeah, America's. We're we're going to be in yellow as of what next week, right? This is Memorial Day in the United States. Happy Memorial Day in the United States to all those who have died. Yes, yes. In the military. In the military. Um, Hideki Anno, 60 years old. Happy birthday to Hideki Anno of Evangelion fame. Happy birthday! I'm sure you can hear us. That's the hope. Anime Expo Lite has been announced. So Anime Expo was canceled. So they're going to do a online event from July 3rd to and July 3rd and 4th. Uh, Crunchyroll, Viz Media, Pony Canyon... And Bushi Road are announced to contribute. Are you going to check that out? I'm going to say uh, I'm, I'm going to go with a optimistic, probably not. But I do want to make a little note here when I was uh, looking into this for our notes that I saw a spoiler for My Hero Academia, 
right in the article headline of comicbook.com. And I feel like we may have covered something right. like this before, but I have no idea how these websites do it. I get it. It's all about the clicks. But, like, I shouldn't have something spoiled for me when I'm looking at a sidebar of another article. I, I was, like, enraged. I'm not even going to say what it was because it's just going to spoil it for people. But, I mean, be on the lookout. I guess there's articles popping up with some major spoilers for the, uh, for the I guess, the future of the show manga. Something that just happened. So there you go. There's my rant about that. I hate that that shit. Stop it, please. Yeah, I, I, I gave the old uh, Google News. I gave the do not send me messages Ugh. from... Do not send me news articles from comicbook.com because they're spoiler. I've sent them messages. <laughs> you spoil it, you fuck. Like I was not happy yesterday when I saw it. So, But, I mean, here we are. It's just that we're at a point where it's like... It's ignorant to assume that if you don't want to be spoiled, you should stay away from the internet. That's so, like, come on. It's, yeah, it's too hard, because, like, I mean, I had no intention. I wasn't even on my radar, the thing that they were talking, like, I wasn't even, it was just there. It just popped up, and my eye gravitated towards it. I didn't even click it, and cool. All right. Sick. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, quote-unquote, news site. Right. The world is going to miss Zach Birchie. He didn't post. He didn't have spoilers posted. Although he never, on his podcast, he never gave a shit. He would often say like, "Are we doing it?" Like someone would say, "Are we doing this spoiler frame?" Like I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. RIP Zach. Uh, the official website for Stars Aligned Anime began streaming a special fan movie short on Wednesday. Last Wednesday, of course. The memorial promotional video with new footage is set two years after the television anime's finale, and the characters are now in high school. If you remember, people, listeners, Stars Aligned was originally planned for a full season, but it stopped at 12, and the show ended on a dark cliffhanger for these four tortured kids. We, I believe we were both in consensus that the show would have been amazing if, if we got more, but the ending completely killed it. Frank? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess it's nice that we're getting some closure rather than nothing, but I mean, it always makes me wonder when something like this happens, at what point do they pull the plug and what sort of metrics are they viewing where they decide that it can't get, you know, another core, another 12 more episodes to finish out the series. It only, like, I guess I thought it was doing pretty well. It seemed to be somewhat popular online, but I guess not nearly as well with advertisers or something of another. It's a, it's a shame, and especially because, like you had mentioned, the kind of ending leaves it so that, you know, even with this, with this epilogue that we're getting, it's still kind of unfinished and probably always will be in my head. Yeah, like, I... Uh... The creator, I forget who the director is, he, he announced that there was a uh, special fan film that's going to be created. Maybe we'll get answers. I mean, he said it's done. It just hasn't been released yet. Maybe we'll get answers in that. I'm sure it's going to be some kind of, you got you get it if you buy the Blu-ray version of the series or something, routine, so we may never see it, but hopefully we do, because I'd like some closure to that story, because it ended pretty dark, and you're like, wait, what? Wait, he's going to do what to who now? But we did recommend Stars Align. Go check out Stars Align. It's pretty cool. It's on Hulu, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Demon Slayer. No, yeah, sorry, definitely. We, we do recommend it. I, I recommend it as well. 
Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaiba has ended with the latest issue, a new spin-off story focusing on Kyojuru Rengoku, a.k.a. in my my description, the fire guy, is reportedly now in the works. Did you read any of the manga? Uh, I did not. I actually started to um, right around the time that we had started watching this series, and, you know, I've been pretty vocal. My policy, I usually don't do both. So I dropped reading it. I was actually surprised to hear that it's ending, especially given how popular I feel like the anime is. It's kind of refreshing to see something, you know, at the, I mean, who knows, but the the height of its popularity right now uh, just kind of end. Makes sense that they're doing a spinoff, though, because, you know, money at the very least. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. The, old, the god of everything is money. It's avail- I believe it's available on the um, Shonen Jump app, correct? Yeah, it is. And in fact, I think if you are a subscriber, uh, it, the, the entire thing you can you can read for well, not free, but you know, for your two dollars a month or whatever. Yeah, bucks. That's a great deal. I, I, you know, we've talked about it before, and we're not getting paid by um, Shonen Jump, but it's definitely worth the two bucks. There's so much to read. I'm reading like five titles. Yeah, definitely. Square Enix and Poke Labo announced on Friday that the iOS pre-registration is open worldwide for the smartphone action role-playing game Sino Alice. Now, I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A uh, couple of weeks ago. A couple of months ago, I think. The company's previously opened Android pre-registration for the game. Um, it's received more than 1.5 pre-registrations through Google Play. Uh, it is going to host collaborative events with uh, Taro Yoko, who is the creator of this game, uh, some of his other games, including a game you mentioned earlier, one of my all-time favorites, Near Automata, and Near Replin, which is coming out soon, too, a, a relaunch of that. Here's your synopsis, Frank. Ready. Sino Alice is a chilling retelling of classic fairy tale within a dark, unsettling dark fantasy world inspired by the game's creative director, Yoko Taro of Nier Automata. The game follows several popular fairy tale heroes as they work together to navigate perilous lands, battle menacing enemies, and solve mind-bending puzzles to resurrect the storytellers that created them. What do you think, Frank? You want to download This it? is definitely a game that I will download and play for about a day, maybe two, and then completely forget that it's on my phone. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got the pre-registration. All right. Gonna... Cool. Well, well, then there, there you go. Maybe me and you both will do, do a little mini-review of it. All right, Frank, you ready for the big news of the week? I'm prepared. I'm ready. I'm, I'm bolted in my seat. Long-time listeners, you'll enjoy this. Exceed Games announced on Thursday that it will release Honey Parades Games Kandagawa Jet Girls <laughs> digitally in North America for PlayStation 4 and PC via Steam this summer. The game will also get a physical Day 1 Racing Hearts edition that will include a two-disc soundtrack CD, softcover 60-page art book, I wonder what that's <laughs> going to be filled with, that should be soft corn cover, soft porn cover, and box with exclusive art by character designer Hana Haru Naruko. Uh, listeners may remember I bit the bullet and watched the anime on High Dive, which means I could watch the home video version, which also means 
naked anime titties, 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 titties. And boy, were they some terribly animated boobs. And the creators thought it was okay. My big thing, my big complaint about the show, and it ended up in my, I think it was not good by my Takarati ranking. It was middling for a while. The creators thought it was okay to show naked cartoon teens boobies all the time in thongs, but they wouldn't show the main characters kiss after they confessed their affection for each other. So, Kandagawa Jet Girls, boobs cool, gay bad. Frank, will you be downloading Kandagawa Jet Girls? Video? I will not, but I'm curious, are you going to? And if so, will do you think that the boobs in here will be... Uh, still poorly animated? Will there be no naked boobs in this? I don't know. Frank, I think I owe it <laughs> to our listeners and to humanity to download Kandagawa Jet Girls when I, it comes out. I agree completely. Yep. Hopefully your your wife isn't aware. Maybe you can you can char or you can hide the charge on, on a different card. Yeah, hopefully we'll be back to work and we're not using our joint account anymore. What is this? What, what is this Racing Hearts edition you downloaded? Oh, uh, nothing. Don't don't look it up on Google. What are you doing in there, huh? Drugs. All right, Frank. So we wanted to lighten the mood, and uh, we decided to watch a film for everyone at home and review it. Because our opinion is coveted throughout the anime industry. We watched Violet Evergarden Gaiden. Ainen to Jido. Shuki. Ningyo. Or Violet Evergarden Eternity in the Auto Memory Doll. It's streaming on Netflix. It's an hour and a half long. Studio is KyoAni or Kyoto Animation. It's directed by Haruka Fujita, who directed the Violet Evergarden series. The source is a light novel series written by Kana Akatsuki and illustrated by Akiko Takase. I'd like to point out that all three of the names that I said are all female, which Kyoto Animation was known for hiring female creators, which is rare in the industry. The genres. Drama, fantasy, and slice of life. Uh, I don't have a synopsis. (laughs) But... It premiered on August 3rd at Germany's Animagic in 2019, and uh, the convention, and in Japan on September 6th in 2019. Funimation announced they were going to show it in the United States theaters in early 2020, but I don't know if we ever got it. It might have been affected by COVID-19. Uh, the film's credit features the names of those killed in the Kyoto Animation arson attack. You can listen back to our, or check it up online. We, we did a Kyoto Animation arson attack episode where we reviewed the series about ever. So Frank, should I give, should I look up a review? Should I look up a synopsis? I got one. Here we go. Ready? Synopsis. Violet Evergarden, a former soldier returned from war, comes to teach at a woman's academy and changes a young girl's life. There you go. So Frank, what are your thoughts on Violet Evergarden? Uh, what's the name of this thing? Sorry. Sorry. I'm a little out of it. It's been a long episode. Violet Evergarden, Eternity and the Auto Memory Doll. Mind you, everyone at home, I watched with my wife, so I didn't take that many notes, so I'm going to play all right Okay, right cool. Uh, so, right off the gate, I mean, this movie is very much like the series itself. Animation is top-notch. 
Uh, I don't remember the show having any animation problems whatsoever, so it seemed to meet meet that bar, if not exceed it a little bit. Um, music is very enjoyable. You know, there's uh, like kind of a orchestra that they use, and it, it kind of invokes these feelings of uh, whimsy and fantasy. There's like woodwind uh, flutes and all this kind of a uh, very uplifting and enjoyable music playing throughout the uh, throughout the movie. Uh, it's essentially two kind of 45-minute episodes. So um, the series did well with this in that, you know, each series or each episode was kind of individually focused. You know, Violet would go to this this person or these people and would essentially help them in their life doing one thing or another. That's kind of where this, this movie is. You know, she uh, links up with this young debutante that she's supposed to kind of turn to a, um, like, a lady. And, uh, you know, she kind of helps her. But the, so normally this would be, a, you know, 20 minutes or so. This one's like 45. And then they link it together with the second half, which is, uh, focuses more kind of on Benedict, who is kind of the mail carrier uh, that was that was uh in the series they don't really show any of the other characters too much they're there some of them have a couple lines but they're they're pretty much just in the background when they do show up um and then it links up nicely in the end you kind of figure out that the young young debutante and then benedict who is training this young letter carrier kind of have a relationship and it's pretty heartwarming but uh it it does kind of feel like a almost like a two-parter episode that would have come up in the uh, show the second half interestingly enough too seems to focus or maybe not focus like kind of slightly out of focus the development of radio technology in this world which is kind of like you know the harbinger to the end of what i would think letter writing and delivering at least in the concept that this world has it and the focus that everybody you know writes letters and they're they're written by these memory dolls and then they're delivered and it's such a romantic kind of uh, idea that that I feel like is just going to kind of slowly fade away with this technology being built. And it's almost viewed um, in the lens of kind of being letter carriers and things being an older, outdated thing. They do it where it's mostly mentioned when uh, Benedict, the letter carrier, is kind of you know, uh, talking to, I think he's delivering to an older woman and she kind of doesn't seem to fully, she's always like looking out for this, uh, radio tower and she's slowly watching it be built. Uh, overall, uh, I think if you liked this show, you're going to like this. If you want to sample the show, but you don't necessarily want to commit to a series, not that the series is that long, but I, I get it. Uh, I do think it's fairly viewer-friendly. It gives you probably a good idea of what the series is about without pretty much getting into anything really heavy that I feel like the series kind of has with some of its characters. Um, But then, that being said, uh, it does feel like an extension of the show for better or for worse. So if you didn't like the show and you had watched it, this probably won't change your mind. There's nothing kind of major revealed... Uh, All the characters are consistent, and with that, you know, you're not getting any sort of like, oh, wow, I can't believe this happened to this character, or why did they act this way? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed I, what I had watched, but I don't think that it's going to change anyone's mind if you weren't a fan of the show. Jim, what did you think? Well, I, I got to agree on most of your points, the, or pretty much all of them. Uh, the music's amazing in the series. It always has been. It's amazing in this film. I love the beautiful montages and the time-lapse animation. It place, puts so much detail into certain things, the shoes, the water, the way the leaves move. Uh, it, it's just interesting that the that, and this happens in a lot of like high end anime and I think I believe we'll put this in high end because it's a film some money was put into it the the series had a precedence of being pretty well animated uh, that it's always interesting to see what they put the detail in with, with Violet Evergarden it's things that I mentioned it's also the eyes it's the it's the the the, the, the medallion she wears around her neck and then the other girl gets one as well and it the way it shines and the way light bends and all this. Very cool. It's the small details that the show does so good. Also, Benedict, who was kind of a dick in the series, is pretty cool in this film. He's, he has a little bit of a comeuppance. He's a better character. And uh, like you said, video killed the radio star. Well, radio is going to kill the auto memory doll. And it's, you know, I guess we have a time frame. This show isn't going to go on forever. Uh, and, and like you said, it is, it is definitely two episodes combined into a film. I don't think you need to have watched the show. Some basic background on what's going on in this world, you can watch it. My wife watched it. When she wasn't staring at her phone, she was enjoying it. So, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I, uh, what's your new taco ranking, Frank? I actually put it's all good. I agree. Um, I, I enjoyed watching what I did, but like I had said, I think as kind of an individual film, um, I don't think it would convince anyone to watch, or if you didn't like the show, I don't think it's going to convince you differently. It is enjoyable. I like. I guess uh, as your wife is somewhat of a testament to, it is very user or viewer friendly. Um, and I kind of want to jump on your point about how some of the details for like a higher end film. Um, this this movie does do a good job of that. There's like some things that stand out for me. Like there's you know a scene where they're pouring syrup on pancakes that's like very well animated. Yes. Um, yeah, like it's just weird things that stand out that do kind of flesh out and uh, kind of envelop you, make you you feel more part of of the world. Uh, there's a scene where you know Violet is is walking around with the young woman in training, and they're going through a forest, and they take these kind of moments to uh, focus on these scenes where the light is coming through the um, leaves and it's just like and then they look at the ground and you kind of see the shadows and it's just very well done it, it it's kind of uh it, it's interesting it, it's it's very good to look at so yeah i mean i i enjoyed it it's all good yeah but uh, another example is when the boat arrives and the anchor drops into the water it was so well animated like this these little moments that just stick with you and just pull you into the world and make you like want to pay attention. And yeah, I also agree. It's all good. It doesn't really expand the universe too much, but it's a good example of what makes the show great. So if you enjoyed it, you're going to enjoy these two episodes. Frank. Next week is our almost the end of spring already review. I think we're up to episode eight of most shows now. You ready? I am ready. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm catching up on everything right now. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. 
Yeah, I am too. There's, uh, I think we're going to change a little something. We usually do a ranking at the end where we rank our shoes. I think we're going to change the ranking system a little bit. I've got something in mind that makes it less okay. numerical. Um, also, we have to talk about something. We'll do it on the air. Um, we have to decide what to watch in two weeks. So I had an outline. COVID-19 has changed that. So we're going to have to – I'm going to give you some options. I'm going to allow you to select what we're going to watch next. And since we're going to select a series, we're going to do two weeks. It's going to take us two weeks at least to watch it. So we're going to shoot for in two weeks to review it. We'll see what we do. Now, here we go. Ready? Oh, Frank, are yeah. you ready? <laughs> I, I am ready, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought uh. something happened to you. Okay, so we have two requests by listeners. We have Cells at Work and Kids on the Slope. We have Terror and Resonance, which just showed up on Hulu, which has been recommended to me a million times, which might be something we have to check out. And also, I just finished a manga, uh, manga. I just finished a manga up to the Eclipse storyline, and Zach Birchie suggested on his podcast not reading after that because it really goes nowhere. And so I'm ready to dive into the anime. It's available on YouTube, 1997's Berserk. It's also dubbed, so it could be ridiculously amazing. So, Frank, of those four options, what would you Ooh, like to do? Jesus, tough call. We will, mind you, we will cover all this stuff, listeners, Frank. We will cover all this stuff eventually. What would you like to do uh, next? Well, I am a big fan of Berserk. Uh, it's either that or sells a work for me. Um, I am all right. Now I'm gonna turn it around. I'm gonna narrow it down to those two, and you gotta you gotta choose out of those two. So out of let's since we're since we're in a pandemic, let's do cells at work. Let's get our white blood cells strong to kill off the invading viruses. All right, that that sounds great. And plus, we have a season two coming up, so we can get caught up on season one, and then when season two shows up, we won't have to rush through it. So we'll do cells at work. All right. Sounds good. Listeners at home, if you haven't watched Cells at Work, or if you want to watch Cells at Work, go ahead and give it a watch, and you can see if you agree or disagree with us. Remember, don't send us hate messages if you don't, if you disagree. It's all in fun and games. So, I guess we'll get out of here. Rest in peace, Zach Birchie. Rest in peace, Hanakamura. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us this week. Once again, please share us with your friends and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NotakuCast. Send us questions and show requests. Our email is notaku2019 at gmail.com, and we'll talk about them all on the air. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. Please subscribe and share. I'm Jim. And I'm Frank. Let's be better, people. Be better to each other. Be better to your friends. Check out on, check on people. If you're worried about someone's well-being, just send them an are you okay? Don't give them the old, if you're in trouble, reach out to me. That usually doesn't work. No one wants to reach out. No one wants to burden, especially people in dangerous situations. Statistics show they don't want to, one of the big things is they don't want to burden anyone anymore. Your best option is just to ask, are you okay? So please do that. Reach out to your friends and family. And try your best and gambate. Yeah, exactly what Jim said. Uh, I, I couldn't say it better than gambate. Thanks, buddy. I'll, I'll talk to you guys. Bye. Stop the recording. Okay.